You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. They can walk through walls. They only come out at night. Sort of see Listening to Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Ben Nice. And this week's episode, again, part of the freemium week of podcasts, just like the last episode of Who Made Who. Uh, I, we're getting this one early. This is mainly because of your work schedule, right? You're going to have a busy weekend, it looks like. Yeah, all over the place. Um, and we've got Manchester Phoenix playing on Saturday and Sunday. In fact, they're playing now as well, but it's at the other end of the country, and I've only just got back from the northeast. So I'm go. all over the place at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's totally understandable. So we're we're providing the podcast slightly earlier. But you know what? That works out good because we would have recorded the other podcast on Saturday normally, which would I think is the last day of the free week which means it would have been available to only those who were able to download it before like midnight Saturday. So, <laughs> uh, I guess it's, I guess it's good that it's coming out now and, and we sort of get it out of the way. I, I, this episode is much more fresh in my memory now than it would be say on Saturday after, you know, uh, several more days of, of craziness and dealing with kids. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I guess we should jump into it. This is series nine, episode three, part one of yet another two parter, this one called Under the Lake. Ben, would you care to run down the events of the episode? <laughs> it's becoming a slightly curious feature now, my episode summary. Yes, uh, it is. Right. Okay, so uh, we are in the future, in the near future, I suppose. And um, you, you join us uh, on some sort of um, base under water. Yeah. Uh, we come if you've to... ever seen The Abyss, right? It's like The Abyss, sort of. Yeah. Or if you're in the UK, um, much like the original village of Rutland. Yeah. <laughs> in the, uh, I, I, True fact. It's, uh, I think it's 21... 2119, 20, I think we, in, we gather in it. In and it's Scotland. in Scotland, That's it is right. indeed. Um, you see, the love affair with Wales is over. Now it's, uh, it's all about the Scottish. Oh, yes. Anyway. Um, so there we are. And uh, the crew of uh, this uh, station, whatever it is, uh, have located an unidentified uh, ship of some sort, a vessel. Uh, let's uh, use the neutral term. Um, they're looking around it, trying to figure out what it is. There's some speculation between them as to where it's come from, including one who speculates that maybe it's come from <gasps> another planet. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Um, anyway, they're uh, messing around with uh, this and they discover these uh, mysterious symbols. Uh, that are sort of carved into the wall of the inside of the ship. Um, and whilst they're looking at that, all of a sudden, the and without any real explanation, uh, one of the ship's engines um, fires and uh, burns the what appears to be 
uh, not commanding officer, probably second uh, officer, uh, burns him to death. Uh, M- Moran is his name. Um, so that's uh, unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, then they all leave the uh, the hangar that that's in, run away, run away, and um, run to a corridor, and then turn around to, to look behind them to see what's happened, and <gasps> it's the ghost of Moran. Yes. Oh yes. With a. Um, is this when the other ghost appears as well? The the ghost of the the man from nineteen uh, twenties, uh, like top hat and fucking monocle. The, the man from the other episode that Toby Whitehouse wrote a couple yes. of uh, series ago. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. In, in fact, uh, yes. Shortly thereafter, um, other ghost appears uh, with his top hat and looking all funky. Uh, these ghosts with no eyes. Oh. Um, nice special effects, by the way. But um, there they are, some ghosts. Right, so cut to Doctor and Clara. Uh, they arrive uh, on this base, uh, and there's nobody about anywhere. And they encounter uh, Moran and um, Odd Man from previous Toby Whitehouse episode. And uh, they seem to lead them in the direction of this same ship. Um, now the Doctor is having a good look around it and notices that um, there are marks on the inside of it and that the TARDIS isn't translating them, which is a bit peculiar. Um, anyway, not much time to think about that because, oh no, it's the apparition-y, ghosty things again. And they chase them away and um, eventually in there running away from the apparitions who are walking at a regular sort of walking pace but causing everyone else to run away from them. They have the same sort of temporal mechanics as the Walking Dead. Uh, the sometimes running dead, yes. the barely crawling dead, whatever you want to call that show. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's convenient for plot purposes. Anyway, so um, run away, run away, and they're um, called by the rest of the crew for this base to go and hide with them in what turns out to be a lead-lined Faraday cage. Um, why is it a lead-lined Faraday cage? Good question. Thank you for asking. Um, simply because this is a base under the water... Um, with a nuclear reactor in it sitting on top of an oil field. It's almost as if they're building up something there, isn't it? Yes. Um, and this is their, uh, their safe room, I suppose. This is a fallout shelter. Um, what? There's a problem with the mechanics of that because of the door? Yes, I know there is, but don't worry, it's sci-fi. Anyway, so uh, they're all hiding out in there, and we have a little bit of um, uh, derivative dialogue telling us why they're in there. And it turns out that these ghosts can't walk through the walls, though nobody knows why. Now, so step up, uh, current uh, commander of group, a deaf woman called Cass. Um, she explains what's happened and that they don't really know what's going on. Um, the doctor uh, has still no particular idea, and there's some discussions about that. He does confirm that one of them is an alien. Um, that's a guy from Toby Whitehouse's previous episode. Um, he's a Tiv- Tivolian. Uh, I think, if that's not mistaken. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, during all that discussion, the base suddenly switches to day mode. That is to say that they're so far down that there's no um, naturally occurring sunlight, so they have um, everything on the base timed to have day mode, and, day mode and night mode. May come important later, let's see. Uh, so the Doctor, convinced these are not ghosts, eventually decides that they're probably ghosts. Um <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, yeah, he is a little bit. And then he's very, very excited, insanely excited. Now, all of this is going on against the backdrop of um, this very unpleasant person called Pritchard, which is quite satisfying to me how this ends, because I know somebody called Pritchard, and he's an asshole. 
Um, so I was quite pleased when. Is it one of the, there must be one of those names like. Uh huh. I, I know one person called Pritchard who I I I actually love, lovely bloke, and somebody called Pritchard who I would quite cheerfully throw under a bus. <laughs> yeah, just same. Um. Anyway, sorry. Yes, back to the story. Pritchard is the representative of Vector Petro- uh, Petroleum. Yeah. Vector Petroleum. They, they kept making sure that we saw Vector Petroleum. Vector. Don't know why. Maybe that's relevant. Anyway, um, he's an odious uh, prick of a man. And so he goes off in search of the missing power cell from the ship that's been uh, found at the bottom of the water. And yeah, guess what happens to him? Yeah, that's right. He gets collared in a, um, not an airlock, I suppose. Well, it is, it is an airlock, isn't it? Uh, in an airlock, uh, which then gets flooded by the nasty ghosties. And oh dear, well, that's him floating outside. But hang on a minute, that's him behind us. Yes, but he's floating outside. But that's him behind us. <gasps> yes, he's a ghost. Um, <laughs> all very exciting. Don't forget, kids show, quite creepy. Maybe this explains the late start time, certainly on UK television uh, this week. So, um, Doctor still terribly excited by it all. Um, then lots of discussion about how the uh, ghosts are managing to um, they seem to be evolving in some way in the sense that um, they're now able to uh, pick stuff up then they're able to um, manipulate the base's computer controls and various sorts of other things and it's perfectly clear that uh, these guys are trying to um, kill as many people as they can Um, we then find out that the ghosts have sent a message to um, the well, I, I, whoever it is above the water yeah. uh, that's in communication with the base and, and has asked for a submarine to be sent down to rescue them. And of course, nobody from our group has done that, it seems. So, oh no, it's a ghost. Um, it, and it was sent. I think the ghosts are doing in, it, yeah. Yeah, I think he said it was sent in Morse, if I remember rightly. Correct. Um, so, Dr. Quarantine's the base using his um, unit uh, authorization. Oh, nice thing, by the way. Everyone here knows the doctor because uh, of Unit, and there uh, is one of them there who's a big fan girl. Yeah, nice. Unit's unit's still kicking around, and they're like, oh my god, the fucking doctor! Can I get your autograph? Oh, totes uh, ledge, yeah. <laughs> um, is what they don't say. Anyway, uh, so the... Doctor and the others decide to trap the ghosts inside the Faraday chamber. Yeah, right, okay, bit of a sci-fi laziness moment, but it's all right. Don't think about it too long, and then you won't notice. So the um, the ghosts are lured into the Faraday uh, chamber f- by using a, a series of sort of running and hiding, and then using ultimately a, a Clara hologram. Um, and this is all done so that uh, the uh, the current commander Cass. Uh, can see closely what it is that they're saying. Remember how she's deaf and all that? Well, that means that she can read lips, because it's automatic, as you know. Um, Absolutely. uh, Yeah. And so she reads their lips and finds out what they're saying, um, and they're saying, the dark, the sword, the forsaken, the temple. Um, The Doctor then, in a bit of a peculiar leap, uh, figures out that these are coordinates, and in fact, th- yeah. these ghosts in his mind are some sort of transmitter trying to tell some alien somewhere um, where uh, this, uh, the, well, w- w- the, a certain destination. That destination, the doctor figures out, is a locked stasis pod uh, located inside a church within the flooded town. I'll pause here for a second to say this. Unless I'm massively, massively wrong, probably what I'm going to say next may be a little bit spoilery, but I'll try my best not to. So the doctor already knows these words somehow. He says in the back of his 
the mind that's like a, an earworm. He compares it, in fact, to the fanta- fantastic magnum opus that is Mysterious Girl by Peter Andre. Um, <laughs> did that make it right to the States? I don't know. No, but I, he's talking about like oh. a song that does not get out of your I will out of your serenade head. you later. Right, so, <laughs> um, unless you send money, listeners. So, uh, the uh, anyway, so yes, he figures out that this is all pointing towards this locked stasis pod. Um, so the darkest space, the sword is Orion's, uh, well, this Orion's sword, um, which conveniently viewed from a particular angle, again, ignore the sci-fi thing here. Sure. Um, it, depending on how you view it, points you to um, this tiny little um, flooded military town and then to the church within it. Yep. And somehow the doctor knows all of this. You may think that's obvious in a moment as to why. So, oh, crikey. Um, the, yeah, so he basically figures out that everyone who dies is a sort of extra booster to the signal. So the doctor then eventually reaches the conclusion, or at least this is how it's presented in this episode, that he needs to travel back to when, um, the, uh, whatever this ship was originally landed, which is before the time of, um, uh, the, the town being flooded. I should say the town was flooded because a dam um, burst, burst yeah. uh, and and flooded the place. Um, so he wants to go back in time, find out what this pod is, find out why it is it's sending a message, all pretty logical you may think. Um, but then the ghosts start interfering with the systems and the place, and it starts flooding and he ends up separated from very importantly you might think Cass and her uh, sign language interpreter uh, and um, uh, Clara. Clara, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's separated. Well, yeah, she does, but specifically with those two people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cass and Lunn, that's that's his name. Uh, The TARDIS can't be used to rescue them. Come, yes, we'll we'll deal with this now. The TARDIS is having a bit of a weird shit attack about all of this. Um, We even had the TARDIS resorting to the... um, the bell. um, Yeah, the, the, the something is wrong alert. I can't remember what the hell the bell's called, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the oh shit, this is serious. Um, warning, Will Robinson, danger, yeah, danger. The TARDIS version uh, of the uh, the red alert klaxon. Absolutely. Sure. Oh, now you see red alert klaxon. Let's we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, so the TARDIS can't rescue them. Oh dear, never mind. Um, uh, TARDIS is frightened of ghosts uh, apparently because they're unnatural and it freaks the TARDIS out. Don't blame uh, it. No, quite. Oh, fucking ghosts. No. Uh, especially this time of year. <laughs> um, so the Doctor then buggers off in the TARDIS to uh, to the past. Clara and the others left in to the place. And they're looking through the window. This is Clara, um, Cass, and uh, the other fella who, yeah. whose name was very important a moment ago that I've forgotten. Um, and, oh no, there's another ghost out there. Oh, hang on, who is it? Who is- oh, look, it's the Doctor. Indeed. Freaky ending. Now... Okay, so ooh, um, there's a few things to say about that, isn't there? Do you yeah. want to deal with the the amusing Easter eggs or the obvious obvious plot direction? Um, well, do you want me to? How how about I talk about what I liked and didn't like, and then we can dive into the the craziness. I, if, of... if the Easter eggs are not part of what you liked in this episode, then there is there is something very flawed with your reasoning, sir. It's entirely possible that I may not have noticed Easter eggs. Mm. And of course, on one on one go through, like outside of noticing the the Tavoli, which by that's from the God Complex, the the right, yeah. the hotel maze, 
the Praise Him episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing it's not the same alien, but... The... I, you know, I had a look earlier on, and he, he actually looks quite a lot like him, but then that may be... I may be being alien racist, as in, like, all Tavoli look the same. That's I don't know. Right. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, the Tavoli, of course, are uh, the, the species that are more likely to surrender than attack, and uh, which I would like to say Star Trek did that first, by the way. Star Trek did it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, I, I guess I could cite the specific episode of The Next Generation in which we meet a species that is uh, cowardly and is more likely to surrender than to attack people. But uh, let's not do that because the, we've got to get through this episode and it needs a conclusion. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I really... Um, I mean, I noticed that they mentioned uh, Cabin in the Woods, which made me chuckle because I mm-hmm. love that movie. I like that. Um, I was kind of waiting for uh, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, Ghostbusters. Was there a Ghostbusters reference in this? I, f- um, I felt like there should have been a Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, there was. Um, oh, um, she, uh, the, the, the commanding officer, Cass, uh, wants to send... Um, wants them all to leave and to send in the, the Ghostbusters. Or some <laughs> Ghostbusters, I think, was... Yeah. I see. My sign language is a bit rusty. I'm not quite sure what she said. Uh, so, <laughs> so outside of that... Uh, no, I didn't... Ca- I don't think... If there were more than that, I don't think... I oh, could. there was. There was. It was okay. Such a- All right, go on. Well, so now I'm going to wait for you to tell me them, and then I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the episode. And and you, are, you above anyone else, will kick yourself for it as well. Oh, Damn it. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about the episode real quick. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Again, it's uh, the first part of a two-parter, which always makes it a little tough because you don't understand exactly where the story is going to go or how it's going to end up. Although Ben seems to think he's, uh, it's been very obviously pointed out, so we shall see. Um, One thing I guess I didn't like is this is now the second episode where They've teased that a major character is dead, but everybody knows that they're not, so I I don't think they're very valuable teases. Um, at least with the Clara and Missy deaths, that resulted in some ridiculously great banter between the two of them in the second part, which I can fully excuse the whole teasing of uh, Clara being killed um, in an attempt to, to raise tension or uh, or build interest uh, if it results in something like that. Do you think it's it's deliberately a thing? Because I, I think we've got an episode coming up fairly soon that's called something like the Dead Girl or yeah yeah the uh, the like Maisie the Maisie William uh, the first part of the Maisie William episode of course yeah the girl who died and the woman who lived. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of ominous uh, titles and stuff for episodes this season, and there's some. Uh, and, and they're obviously dealing with, uh, you know, death kind of very bluntly at the moment as there's been, uh, quite a bit of it, at least, uh, either being suggested or actually happening in, uh, the first few episodes this season. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I guess what the, the mystery is going to be is why did, cause presumably in the next episode, the doctor is going to have to determine that he needs to die in order to become a ghost so he can send some sort of message to them in the past because he can't get back to them for some reason or something. Why is it that he knows 
what this message is and how it's mm. been planted and so on and what's in that box. Do you think? Because he's what's he's, in the he's, box? Well, he's he's pretty sure when he looks at it that it's it's not um, yeah. uh, the the original occupant of that ship, which I suppose he'd know if maybe he was in it. Mayhaps. Mm. Mayhaps, indeed. Um, so this episode in the UK, at least, aired a little bit later uh, than normal, correct? Yeah, was um, that quite a lot later, actually. Um, is that uh, because of the perceived extra scariness of the episode, or was there actually, you know, something going on like a? I don't know. I, I tell you what, it's been a weird week for Doctor Who in that respect because um, the 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 week before um, there was uh, I can't remember the. I think the week before there was a rugby match. This week there was a rugby match as well. This is the Rugby World Cup, mm-hmm. um, and it, it you know it was a horrible clash uh, television wise. And yeah. I think this week ratings in the UK back up to three point seven four million. I think mm-hmm. um, last week was I can't remember, but it was significantly lower than that. Um, and it's it's funny because the episode itself, critically, has had really really good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from, in fact, actually, from some parts of the UK press that are normally really hostile to Doctor Who, um, but yeah, it it seems to be having a ratings problem, and that seems to be because of things it's up against, and, it, and it's very annoying um, because, of course, it's now led the uh, Doctor Who production team. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this story at some point this week um, to start speculating that they're going to pull the plug on running a regular series for the next year or maybe more hmm. um, in order yeah. to do uh, effectively um, um, uh, to, to, to do well but either a film or I think more likely to do a sort of short mini um, mini series like right, the right. Torchwood or whatever or, or Sherlock maybe a, a sort of really short series Um and it seems really unfair because it's you know it is seemingly because they keep pitting this against um, against stuff. It's you know it's it's never going to win. Yeah. But I would I would like to know what the figures were in terms of the online views, which aren't counted in that because I reckon this got I think people I played the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think ratings have to be taken with a very large grain of salt, but. Uh, and especially with the multiple ways that people view things. Um, although this is, by the way, still, uh, this would still kill on like AMC or something like that. AMC would love to get a show uh, here in the States that are, are pulling in these numbers. I think the last, uh, the last episode here has an adjusted, The Witch is Familiar has an adjusted rating of 5.7 million. Right. Um, which, you know, would would kill the fear. The walking dead isn't even, uh, is pulling in right about those numbers. Uh, and that show is definitely coming back for another season. So, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but as you've mentioned, uh, to us in the past, BBC is, uh, uniquely, uh, they, they like to keep the, the lid to the purse closed or, or at least very held tightly to the, they, they don't like to splurge. Let's just put it that way. They're very, they're very reserved with how they spend their money, to say the least. So, Doctor Who has been a casualty of it. Yeah. I don't know how many times over the years. Um, Plenty. Yeah, and it, but the problem is, I mean, everyone feels slightly aggrieved by it because it's uh, it almost always because of the way it gets fucked around in the schedules. Yes. Um, a lot of people will point you to uh, 
you know, Colin Baker to Sylvester McCoy and people like that. I mean, they got really screwed over mm-hmm. it. Star Trek, of course, got screwed here over it as well. Uh, Next really? Generation was was screwed over it. Yeah, um, the first, I think, for at least the first two or three series, uh, BBC Two was showing it, um, and it got screwed every single week by fucking snooker and tennis. <laughs> and there is not a lot of crossover between those two audiences. No, I wouldn't imagine. No, mm, maybe uh, snooker, but nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I can imagine if they wanted to put it on a little bit later because of content. This was a little bit more violent than Doctor Who episodes were used to. Uh, I mean, before the before the credits even rolled on the episode, a dude was incinerated by a giant ball of flames. And I believe one of the ghosts bludgeoned another guy to death pretty horribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the the ghosts themselves... Uh, their whole, at least what the doctor determined, was they needed to bring more people to the base so that they could kill them to use them to amplify their signal. So yeah. these are, it's like a ravaging pack of murdering ghosts that uh, are will will achieve their ends by any means possible. Oh, I mean, I guess for that, except for that one guy who was not bludgeoned. <gasps> yes, well, how important is this? Because Indeed. Cass... Um, whose uh, interpreter that guy is. Is it Lun, I want to say? I, I, his name will not stay in my brain for some reason. No, uh, Lun, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's Lun. Um, she stops him from going into the uh, into the ship when everyone else is having a look in there because it's not safe, but um, everyone else, she doesn't have a problem with them going in. Mm. And um, the, uh, yeah, the ghost, uh, one of them comes face to face with him and chooses not to kill him, even though he has a monkey wrench in his hand and could easily have killed him. And the Doctor, when he decides to go back, it's unlike the Doctor to ever be caught off guard about things, but the Doctor deliberately, I think, leaves Clara with specifically Cass and Lun, because he's figured something out about them, I think. Ah. Would you care to share your theory, or do you, are you, are you, are you waiting? Mm. So it's not going on such a limb. Yeah, I've been been burnt like this before. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> By the way, everybody, the Faraday cage uh, blocks electromagnetic radiation. So yeah. I don't know if it would help them so much with nuclear radiation. Well, uh, hang on. We, yes, that was the thing, because I was wondering about that initially, and I've, re- I've rewatched this episode. It's a lead-lined Faraday cage. Oh, clever. They took a Faraday cage and lead-lined it. Uh, effectively, it's been adapted for purpose, um, which... Uh, eh. I'm guessing that's not accidental either. There's very, there's very little um, accidental dialogue in Doctor Who, generally yes. speaking. Although it, it could have just been to sort of emphasise uh, the Doctor's joke about how dangerous the situation was. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "So we're fighting an unknown homicidal force that's taken the form of your commanding officer and a cowardly alien underwater in a nuclear reactor." Anything else I should know? Someone got a peanut allergy or something. That was oh, that was such a great line. <laughs> nice line. I chuckled. Yeah, or how he was upset that they they didn't even become slightly more clever by osmosis just by being around him. Yeah, uh, he, he was very frustrated. Well, he's also noticed on the subject of Cass. Um, he may have just been paying her a compliment, or there may have been more to the line yeah. when he steps out of the spaceship, uh, or well, let's assume that's what it is, to talk to her uh, while well, he's he's doing his one of his sort of problem solving rants as he's wandering about 
and he says um, that whenever uh, he steps out of the room, that she is the most intelligent one in it, um, because he's already decided everyone else is an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and he seems to single her out particularly to answer questions about a number of things. Now, it could be she's a commanding officer. It could be... Um, Someone online said it was sycophantic uh, BBC political correctness to uh, the disabled, which I think maybe that's somebody who's perhaps got some issues. Um, <laughs> there are some angry people on the internet. Uh, but, you know, of course, it could be that he's figured something else about Cass. Ooh, don't know. Perhaps. And this is, uh, for clarification, um, I'm, I'm presuming uh, not the, uh, but perhaps a relative of uh, Cass from the... Uh, uh, what was it? The uh, was it the the night of the doctor? I believe. Yes, that's right. Uh, character also named Cass, uh, which is weird that they. I, I found it a little strange that they would use an exact name in something that didn't happen well, all that. There's long another ago. one in the episode as well. Um, is there? Did I miss yeah, this one? No, we, we know it because we know the cast uh, of the next episode, and um, a lot of people saw the name of the character leaked because who's playing him. Um, your your man, uh, the Tavoli, the alien, yeah. um, played by Paul K. Uh, for uh, for for those who didn't spot it, that's Dennis Penis, better known as. Uh, and for <laughs> geeks in America, um, the amusing fact you might like about him, actually, you will know him because of um, various things he's done, I guess. But uh, he uh, was also, you know, the computer game. You don't know Jack. I do know of this game, yes. And uh, that's, of course, uh, presented by Jack Cake. Uh, well, in the UK, the voice of Jack was uh, Dennis Pennis, was P- Paul Kay. Hmm. Random fact. Um, he was also in, oh, what's the weird supernatural thing that's been on television recently? I uh, can't remember. It'll come back to me. Anyway, he was in that on the BBC show about um, wizards. But anyway, whatever that was. So, yeah, now his name in it is Prentice, we can see from the cast list. Yeah. And, of course, Prentice was... Um, uh, name escaping me slightly. In fact, hang on, I may have to resort to the internet because my brain only holds so much information. Uh, Prentice. He's, 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 been in, he's been in quite a bit, by the way. Outside of him appearing in the Peter Pan prequel movie that I have no, I, no intention to watch, Pan. It looks uh, like horseshit, doesn't it? But yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> he did six episodes of Game of Thrones where he played Thoros of Mir or Mire. Um, I have yeah. no, I actually have no idea. I've seen all of Game of Thrones and I have no idea who the fuck that is. But apparently he was in six episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. I have to say I didn't spot him in it and I'm usually fairly good at spotting uh, yeah. him because he, he pops up in all sorts of shit. But anyway, so there you go. All a bit weird. Uh, plus also one of the, one of the sort of, um, very frequent sort of minor part actors in Doctor Who over the years is called Prentice. Prentice, um, something beginning with H, name escapes me as well. I'm not doing well on names today. No. I'm very tired, that's probably why. You're busy. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, uh, Prentice Hancock, that's the fella. Um, he's been in loads of stuff to do with Doctor Who. So yeah, they do seem to be recycling names a bit. Uh, you're they've had lots of time to... Th- Oh, go, go ahead um, continue. I was going to well, say. Well, I was going to say, you've had lots of time to think um, in the background here about what the Easter eggs were. Still nothing coming to mind? No, not really. Well, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seriously fuck this up for you. Right. Did you spot any Star Trek references? I, I really didn't. Ah, I okay. Didn't. Well, two there are. Uh, first is oh that 
Um, so the, you, know, you know the weird mural on the wall in, I think it's the dining hall uh, of the base? <sighs> I where really there's don't a, recall a ship that. being attacked by a sea monster. Um, well, stood on the deck of that ship as clear as you like, just over the doctor's left shoulder, um, are three uh, humanoid people, one wearing a gold-colored sweatshirt, one wearing a bl- light blue one, and one wearing ah, a red one. Son of a bitch. Although I have to say that red one looked suspiciously expendable anyway <laughs> um but not only that now i gotta um, go back and look just for that because that's uh, a well, that's a very could, good one you can go right back to the start and as long as you can imagine putting the letters ncc in front of it you'll notice that the blast door in front of um uh what's the face clara <laughs> i really am tired uh, the kind of the first i think maybe the, one of the first couple of doors that shuts in it um has the uh, designation of 1701B, which, of course, is the second ship wow, yeah, uh, to carry the full um, NCC registration of the that's, that's USS funny. Enterprise. Captain John Harriman. Holy shit. Yeah, so there you go. There's some things that happened in that episode. That's really um, crazy. I did not notice that either. I, I, I guess because when I look for an Enterprise insignia on something, I'm not looking for the Enterprise B, which was in about <laughs> all of... 10 minutes of one star. Well, true, but 1701 as its NCC registration has been around a long time. That is, that is damn, that is, yeah, that is true. And I I feel awful for not having, I told you you'd notice at least one. Yeah, I should have really been staring (laughs) at the screen a little more or something, but no, I I have to say, I hadn't, I I, I hadn't registered the 1701 um, until I saw the, um, on the rewatching of it, until I saw the, the ship with the three obvious Star Trek characters on the, on the, um, uh, on the deck, I gotta see then, proof of this. Uh, there's probably pictures, I would guess. People do. I mean, there's. Let, let's just say for people who are Doctor Who fans and not Star Trek fans, um, Doctor Who contains a shitload of Star Trek references. It has done forever. In fact, Star Trek <laughs> has also contained any number of Doctor Who references over the years as well. Um, you tend to have to be very very good at spotting them in star trek because uh, their writers tend to bury them or their crew tend to bury them but they're they're there there sure. is a symbiosis and of course there's the comic book series as well um which uh crossed over. i don't know if you, did you ever see those to see the, uh, the crossover comics with uh yeah. with matt smith's doctor and and next gen i have and, and with I've, tom baker as well He's oh no no I, I didn't i did not see that uh i've seen them but i've never read them I've, I've got them. I have to say, the the unholy alliance of the Borg and the Cybermen is an interesting, uh, yes. interesting thing. Also, that goes tits up real quick. Spoilers. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. I I enjoyed lots of it. Yeah. I like the fact that the human element to well, the the character development stuff going on with Clara and the Doctor is entertaining. Clara is a kind of vehicle to it, yeah. um, and we're constantly getting the references to you know, oh, she's going to die, and she's going to die, and it's going to be the Doctor's fault because, um, you know, he's basically made her an adrenaline junkie. Um, it seems like it, right? Yeah, and, you know, he, he does... Every every couple of regenerations, he gives the same speech to someone, um, yep. so she's just had hers. Uh, but, you know, she's reciprocating and training him not to be so... Um, oh, what's that word? Uh, Scottish. Uh <laughs> 
so when he's ranting about how excited he is about ghosts without paying any attention to the fact that the ghost he's referring to is the friend and former CEO of the people that he's talking to, um, and they accuse him of being insensitive, Clara produces the cards that she's made for him um, for such situations, which he seems to have embraced willingly, which I quite love. Um, the, the cards, you, you could make them out. Uh, they're references to various things over the years. You've got, I think my favorite one is, um, uh, it was my fault. I should have known you didn't live in Aberdeen. Um, which is a reference to a long time ago, uh, Tom Baker uh, with Sarah Jane Smith, and he dropped her off in the wrong town. Um, the, now, I've got to ask you a question about, mm. about this. Um, maybe this is because I live in America and we've got a lot of conspiracy theorists that seem to be given a lot of credibility for some reason that I can't quite fathom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds, sir, that... Yeah. Uh, this heavy focus on Scotland has something to do with the United Kingdom wanting to remain a United Kingdom. Do you think they're giving Scotland all this screen time because they're like, just please don't look, we'll give you Doctor, Doctor Who. Who's a party political broadcaster on the, <laughs> yes. Part of the SNP. Yes, um, yes. Discuss. Well, you'll know because you know Nicola Sturgeon will suddenly appear uh, <laughs> in an episode of it. Do you know she she just might as well. Um, Hello, I'm Nicholas Sturgeon. Yes, we know who you are. Would be a superb <laughs> bite. Amazing. Um, <laughs> dear BBC. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, it, it wouldn't be the first time the BBC had been uh, sort of covertly political <laughs> about yeah, I mean, something, they, would it? So, they, I mean, it's pretty yeah, clear maybe. they really want Scotland to stick around, so... Well, absolutely. And uh, may I say, um, you're a bunch of ill-tempered, miserable, moody bastards, Scotland. But you are ill-tempered, <laughs> moody, miserable <laughs> bastards. So stick around. We'll change or something. I don't know. Probably won't. Yeah. Um, you are, love it. Are, just are, get, just are, get drunk, Scotland. Are you are you saying are you saying this with a uh, a heap of Scottish friends uh, under your belt or? Oh, fucking hate. Them. Uh, sorry. Oh, we're still on there. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Apologies um, to all of our Scottish friends. Absolutely, and... it must be terrible for you. Um, <laughs> But no, I, yeah, maybe I, I suppose there could be a conspiracy in that. Although he gives a big nod to to Wales, of course, um, in the form of uh, his reference to Dame Shirley Bassey, if you don't very much mind. Um, yeah, which he does mention. Uh, mm-hmm. He said he met her, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, someone's figured out what the Vector Petroleum thing is about on the internet. I hadn't seen this earlier. Uh, Oh yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's kind of obvious. So, Vector Petroleum sounds like Victor Pemberton, who ah. of course wrote the um, Fury from the Deep, which is a Doctor Who story, which is based on um, uh, a base under the under the sea. I think. So, like a shout out or something, right? Like a. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's probably better than my theory about it. So, (laughs) he apparently, by the way, Pemberton, according to this, also worked on the British version of Fraggle Rock, which I did not not know exist. Well, it's uh, Fraggle Rock is a weird show. You see, the geeks listening to the show will know this. Um, Fraggle Rock, the core components of it, so the stuff that takes place inside the rock and in the what you call its garden. All of that is universal. Um, yeah. The uh, 
the lighthouse keeper stroke various other different jobs that he has in different countries is not universal. That bit is different the world over. Um, it's somebody else who has that role in different versions across the world. Uh, and it's not always a lighthouse keeper. Sometimes he's other stuff. I forget what off the top of my head. Would you like to know what the cards read? Oh, yeah. We, we actually... I did not write them down, but we you paused, them, as we well, paused yeah. them and then went back. Oh, my God. They were, yes, please. Uh, so there is a point uh, near the beginning of the episode when things were looking grim. And uh, the doctor, since he does not know how to talk to people or calm their nerves or anything, apparently it is introduced to us here that Clara has set about making a set of cards for him to read off of based off of the situation uh since he is not capable uh I, I believe wasn't it in uh into the dalek where she's like uh he introduced clara as his carer she cares so he doesn't have to yes. uh i guess this is all part of it and she wrote out uh a series of flashcards for the doctor to read off of in a prepared statement like fashion yeah uh, so we, so we had the aberdeen we had the aberdeen one um as a result of the sarah jane smith incident uh the others read no one is going, his finger covers it, but I think it says, no one is going to be eaten, slash vaporized, slash exterminated, slash upgraded, slash possessed, slash mortally wounded, uh, slash turned to jelly. We'll all get out of this unharmed. Um, <laughs> the next one says, I didn't mean to imply that I don't care. Yes. <laughs> That's a nice line. Uh, the next one is, I'm very sorry for your loss. I'll do all I can to solve the death of your friend slash family member slash pet. Yeah, which is the um, one he read to them, and of course, uh, yeah, he, she reads out slash. Yeah, he does not read. He does not. Uh, he can't insert the name of or even discern the difference between. So he just reads them all, including the slashes. Yeah, uh, tremendous. And then there's one other one which I think is probably my favorite. Uh, actually, yeah, this one beats the Aberdeen one. I completely understand why it was difficult not to get captured. Yes, that was great. <laughs> that's 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 not that's the closest Doctor Who's come to um, fourth wall in a, a long time. Actually, a little bit, yeah, yeah, I quite like that. Um, so yeah, loads and loads of stuff going on in this episode. Um, it's uh, it, it it was all kind of developy. Um, I I do have a horrible feeling the plot is going to end up being tediously predictable for the next episode, but we may get double moffatted. I suppose it does sure. happen. <laughs> sometimes a lot uh sometimes a lot in one episode it feels like um mm. the yeah the pemberton episode you're talking about uh uh fury from the deep that was the one yeah. you're talking about uh he subsequently novelized it apparently but it was uh originally written for patrick troughton uh in 1968 right. uh apparently uh it, the entire thing is missing it says the story now missing from bbc archives was based on an earlier standalone radio serial he had written called The Slide, starring future master actor Roger Delgado. Uh, and you can, that you can find online, I've yeah. that before. And apparently it introduced the Doctor's sonic screwdriver. And uh, when you click on Fury from the Deep, it is mentioned that it is, it's completely missing sixth serial of the fifth season. of yep. Doctor. So none of it has ever been uh, uh, found or uncovered anywhere it's just apparently not although um somebody must have it because they appear to yeah. have an, a screenshot of it on the wikipedia page for it i i says well i suspect well i think it was was it not broadcast but not um not been located since yeah 
Um, it says, although audio recording still photographs and clips of the story exist, no episodes of the serial are known to have survived. So the, there are... the, the audio you can still find online because yeah. um, if you're bored, you can listen to it as a bit of a sort of crap audio book. <laughs> um, Wasn't one I, of the I, better episodes. I was really ill a couple of years ago, so... You, know. <laughs> you find things, yeah, when you've got a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, scores for Under the Lake, Ben. Um, hmm. <laughs> You'd think I'd have expected that question, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, we only do it every episode. I know. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, hmm. I think on the basis that. You know, you know from the past, I I quite enjoy the the traditional Doctor Who format. Yeah, um, I like it when he's not being too moffatty. I like how structured this episode was. Yes, um, and it does feel like old Doctor. There's scenes of mild peril, which uh, sometimes are missing from the modern version of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on that basis, it just about it just about scrapes the four. Yeah. Um, I want it. I want it so much to have an awesome payoff um, next week, and I I will be disappointed if it doesn't. So I, yeah, it it's a four. I mean, I think we we've got a whole series of two parters as we suggested before. Yes. I think, and that does make this process difficult. But yeah, at the, the minute I'm giving it a four as a sort of holding position, I guess. The uh, I I was thinking about uh, because I gave the Magician's Apprentice three and three quarters. Yeah. Uh, just on the principle of it being the first part without having been able to see the, the second. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and I was thinking three and three quarters for this episode as well, but I, like you, have upgraded it to a four uh, solely because the Sonic sunglasses returned, and uh, that's a thing now, I think. Uh, so it earned an extra quarter of a point. Actually, that's not why, but I figured I'd do it just to <laughs> troll. I'm sure Aaron, listening to this at some point, Within the next couple of days, steam will be coming out of his ears. Um, I'll say, I'll say it for him. Fuck you, sir. <laughs> it was, uh, it was. Uh, I, I, they showed up again, and I uh, still didn't mind. To be oh, perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, the the episode was really good. It was solid. Um, it was a little creepier than usual, which is nice. And you're right, it felt. Um, a little more traditional. It felt like, uh, I, and look, I don't really have a problem in general with the way Moffat does his stories, but he, you know, you're right. He tries to do some things that are like really, 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 really clever. And once things are all wrapped up, you're like, oh, that. <laughs> uh, and they didn't really go that way. They went with a more traditional uh, episode where, you know, I mean, there were bits and pieces, like you mentioned, how the doctor. Um, somehow managed to put all of those pieces together, um, even though supposedly it was in everyone's head. Um, but it, although no one, no one actually seemed to agree with him about that. It, yeah, it, I wonder if they were sort of deliberately leaving him hanging on that. Yeah, quite possibly. It's like it's in everyone's head, like the song. You can't. And then get everyone, everyone got distracted by yeah. uh, mysterious girl going around in their head. That's right. <laughs> Actually, there you go. If if you're being a naughty person in America, uh, or if you're in the UK and you're watching um, Doctor Who live when it goes out on Saturday night, immediately before it, you'll see the singer of the awful, mysterious girl, Peter Andre, because he is currently a contestant. I think he's even topped uh, 
uh, tipped to uh, be the potential winner of uh, Strictly Come Dancing, or as the US knows it, Dancing with the Stars, yes. where the word stars appears entirely figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it might be here. Maybe Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus is our uh, mysterious girl. Although every time I hear Wrecking Ball now, I I think of that uh, chat roulette guy. (laughs) Chat roulette guy? Have you not seen that? No, I have not. This is totally an off-air conversation, but um, Google chat roulette um, Rocking Ball. uh, Rocking Ball? Wrecking Ball. Um, It's a thing of joy. (laughs) I'm there. Uh, and everybody else who's listening, you can do that too. Uh, heads up. They, they gave up listening fucking ages ago. <laughs> uh, po- possibly not safe for work. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, just about. <laughs> so if, it's on, if it's on YouTube, it's probably fairly safe for work. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so that is it for this week. Hang on before you go. Oh. I know we don't have Aaron, so we. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if do we a can do a proper one. Yeah, I don't know if we but, can do a, a full game of how much does this Doctor Who thing cost on eBay. Do you want to have... Um, I tell you what, let's let's have one and see how close you get to it. Sure. This is, this is quite weird, actually. Hang on. Um, so we're going to play one mini round of how much does this Doctor thing on eBay cost. Yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah, people... You heard the free show last week, you got it. Um, this is... Have you... Tell me this: um, Have you ever been, you know, coming up to Christmas, maybe the the autumn and winter months, sure. sat at home thinking oh, it's a little bit cold? I, I I perhaps like to sit down and maybe put some pajamas on or something or a dressing gown, but you know, it's still drafty. What I really need is a onesie, but oh, I just can't find one that <laughs> sufficiently represents my love for either Doctor Who or archaic um police telephone boxes have you ever been in that situation constantly actually i'm I'm like that in the summertime too uh i can just never find an adult-sized onesie with a tardis on it when i need it so oh now you just need to you just need to hold the phone for a moment because guess what i found you yeah this is the doctor who tardis onesie in fact at the moment this is in a pre-christmas offer so you get two for the price that we'll reveal in a moment as always in this as always in this quiz we deal with the buy it now price on the uk site so you'll have to do your currency conversions do you want the description Uh, by all means Okay, so uh, it's quite a dull description this week, actually. Um, A new packaged item in... A new uh, packaged item in blue, as you might hope, with Doctor Who TARDIS design. I have to say that's perhaps a little figurative. Knockoff. Um, (laughs) Size, men's large chest 120, uh, waist 120, hips... Oh, no, chest 120, waist 120, hips 114. Uh, ideal presents for the family to take the strain out of Christmas shopping and start early. Oh, they're going to tell you, you get fucked, aren't they? Um, special pre-Christmas offer, this amount for two of them. Only ten sets available. Just make sure you remember that little detail. Yeah. Uh, I can say this without, I think, fear of contradiction. Having flicked through what is actually quite a staggering number of Doctor Who Bonzies um, available on the internet. These are without question the worst I have ever seen. Really? Uh, I'm guessing the BBC have gone nowhere near this. Um, and it's a little bit alarming uh, how close to the genitalia the St. John's ambulance logo is on this particular item of clothing. So, all those things in mind, 
and the fact that there's a limited quantity. I hope you registered that piece of information. How much is the buy it now price? This is a men's size, you said? Is this like men's size no. or woman's size or unisex? or what this is, I'll, I'll repeat this again. I, I don't want you to you know, be misled. So this is a men's large size. Those dimensions, 120, 120, 114, which is a bit of an odd shape. But we'll just leave that. <laughs> uh, so it's basically uh, a human sausage. <laughs> and you get two of them for the price, yes? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, that's a great deal. Jen would like one as well. She's a big fan. Uh, Looks like elasticated cuffs, I think. Um, oh, lovely! Not, o- not only oh, I was going to say not only on the sleeves, but also on the legs. But I think, rather disappointingly, it is only on the sleeves. Um, that's that's sad. I I'm a little worried here, to be honest with you, because I've, I obviously in the last couple of episodes I felt like I was high, but then I was low. So then I decided to go low, and then I was too low. Mm, um, I know. I burned you both with that last one last week. Yeah. I really thought for some reason they would have just been really sweet about the price and uh <laughs> no, they went full on gout. Hey, if it's if it's older than uh twenty years, then uh <laughs> price is going up on that. Uh I'm gonna say uh twenty five pounds. You say twenty five pounds mm. is the buy it now price. I do. The correct answer is fifteen pounds. I think that's pretty damn close enough what i found alarming <laughs> I went over i went over you that's did a, that's a, that's you did but that's you know that's probably because you weren't taking into consideration the christmas uh, t- uh two for one offer i you know it's understandable. yeah I, I i guess i i guess i didn't put enough christmas spirit into that price what i find uh, alarming about this is that in the original listing it said 10 sets available mm-hmm. however of course ebay can make you look a bit of a twat occasionally yeah. because it says eight available nine sold now, I'm no big city mathematician. Yeah. You're just um, a small town. <laughs> uh, also, there are 23 people watching um, the bits on these items. Wow. Uh, if that's any of our listeners, um, well, actually, no, I'm not going to be nice to you. Fucking get get a life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't need a grown-up onesie. Come on. I was about to say, let's not even get into the weird infantilization of uh, of. Um, you know, Aaron states. can't do the Aaron can't do the show this week. I'm almost positive he's one of the people bidding on that right now. I wouldn't be at all surprised. <laughs> he he's sitting there sniping people. Yeah, he's uh, like, sorry, can't do the podcast. He's like, come mm-hmm. on, motherfucker, give me that onesie. <laughs> you know. Also, I think dying. we need we need to get him a new keyboard, incidentally, because he's completely lost the ability to type. If anyone uh, has noticed on Facebook, Correct. anyway, that's that's the game for this week. It's not as much fun without the two of you, but um, no, no, no. There's nobody to play we've, against. We've, we've we've got. I've got some good ones stored up for next week. Okay, well that's sweet. There's uh, the shittest trail ever for the premium <laughs> show. What a no, we, that, that game that you just heard that kind of fell a bit flat, listener. Yeah. We've got we're going to do it again next week, but, but this time you'll have to pay. But for only twelve American dollars, uh, almost the price of a Doctor Who onesie. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, So for Ben Knight, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Aaron, to talk Series 9, Episode 4, Part 2, Before the Flood.